Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, we get details on the next version of Autopilot. Tesla already has big plans for Solar City. The 100D emerges again and more. What's happening, friends? Happy August 14th, 2016, or a little earlier if you're listening via the Patreon early access. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast for August 14th, again, 2016. It's episode 54. I'm recording a tad early this week, Friday night, because I'm actually leaving for a family vacation. So uh, I want to apologize in advance if I end up missing any late-breaking news this week, but I've noticed... Tesla news doesn't usually pop up on Saturdays. It is a pretty well on a Monday through Friday type of scenario, but I just want to throw out the caveat just in case anyway. In fact, I kind of lucked out that, uh, boy, this week was looking like one of the slowest Tesla news weeks in recent memory, and uh, it got redeemed at kind of the last minute. A couple of things broke, both of which we're going to talk about. Very late in the week, both the uh, 100D, 100 kilowatt hour battery uh, being leaked in a much more official way this time, and then some Autopilot 2.0 scoops from Electrek. But first of all, I wanted to kick things off with, uh, with something that's relevant to this week and relevant to this audience. It's a little something from my IGN day job. Elon Musk, if you aren't already aware, uh, he, he's a gamer. And he reminded us of that this week. He plays video games. I don't know where he finds the time, especially because he he seems to like long role-playing games. Uh, He's talked about how Mass Effect 2 is one of his favorite games. He's talked about playing a bunch of Fallout 4. And this week, he mentioned on Twitter that he's going to try No Man's Sky, which is the big, big release this week, one of the most anticipated releases of the year. It's a big new science fiction game that's procedurally, it's this, it's a world created basically with this mathematical algorithm such that it's literally an entire game universe. 18 quintillion planets are in this game. And uh, it's out and it's very interesting. It's getting a lot of sort of mixed reviews, mixed uh, impressions from people. There's, it's very different, uh, and it's, it's, it's interesting that Elon, in fact, it's fitting, I think, that's the word I'm looking for, it's fitting that Elon has said he's going to try it out because it's, it's a, a game about living in a fictional universe, which, of course, Elon seems to, you know, he has, he has hypothesized that maybe there is a mathematical chance that that's all this world is. It's just a simulation of another one. So uh, the mastermind of that game, the programmer and the co-founder of the studio behind the game, Hello Games, a gentleman by the name of Sean Murray, he, uh, I got to interview him earlier this year on my, my interview show for IGN called IGN Unfiltered. And I'd specifically, I'd come to find out that he had, uh, that Sean had actually been invited to meet with Elon Musk 
while he was in Los Angeles for the video game industry's annual trade show, E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, a couple of years ago. And so when I interviewed Sean in April, I asked him about that. And so I thought with, with uh, Elon tweeting about playing No Man's Sky and, of course, uh, Elon Sky releasing this... Did I say Elon Sky? No Man's Sky releasing this week. I thought I would play you the clip of Sean Murray talking about meeting with Elon Musk because really, how many people get to do that? That's awesome. So take a listen to this. I guess fast, fast forwarding yeah. a couple of E3s, you had told me that you met that same day. You, we met at night to, yeah. to see the game. That day you had seen, you'd been over to, to meet with Elon Musk. <laughs> uh, and then you took a meeting, I guess Steven, you showed Steven Spielberg the game. Right. So. Did you request those meetings? Did they want to speak with you? What what what's the story with those? Because that's that's a heck of a day for anyone. To, like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, well uh, Elon and now Spielberg. And I think my best my favorite part of that was like Kanye was at E three that year, and we got a message that he he had said he wanted to see the game kind of thing, and we we weren't because um, we're uh, like. We're self-funded and stuff like that, so we weren't actually on the show floor at E3. Right. Um, so uh, we were like, "We're not on the show floor," and he's like, "On the show floor or whatever," walking around, and we're like, "And we've got Elon Musk to meet and Steven Spielberg." So, you know, we can't take that Kanye meeting kind of. Which is one of those, one of my favorite things, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, so. Uh, yeah, that was a weird day. That will go down as like one of I have this game. I don't know. It has put me in one weird situation after another. Every time I think things have been their most surreal, then something else happens. But that day we got contact from uh, like Elon Musk's secretary or something like that, and she was like, "Oh, like it's such a weird mail." Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, Musk would like to meet with you, and he's, he's in LA. a gamer. Yeah, and he made uh, like his. Uh, he started out programming games. You know, uh, he made a game. I think it's called Blaster, um, and that was kind of like his first, the first money he made, basically. And he's a programmer. Um, so, what do you meet with? What do you talk to Elon Musk about? If he he his office reaches out. Yeah, so we got a tour of SpaceX, um, which, like, uh, that's a, that would be a big deal for me. Like, uh, I mean, anyone would want that, but it was so cool um, and it, amazing. Like, it, it's an amazing place, like, what they're doing there. Um, and so we got a tour, and then uh, we just sat and chatted to him, and we were, we had the same reaction that you have, which is like, what are we gonna talk to him about? Um, and like, I would be a big fan of his and stuff. Um, and we talked about loads of stuff. We just talked about normal things. I mean, obviously, he's a normal person and stuff. Um, he was. We talked about laptops, you know, and stuff like that. He's buying a laptop. I was giving him recommendations. Um, He's uh, he's an incredibly nice guy and obviously super super smart, you know. Um, and we were talking about like AI, and at the time it hadn't been announced, but he was talking about how he was working on and telling us a lot about 
uh, how he's working on the self-driving car right. stuff and autopilot is heading that up and some of the problems and just loads of things and um, he just like he's fascinating I mean he uh, he has kind of a um, like a way of talking that you're not like he's obviously thinking as much as he's talking if that makes sense it does yeah right? um, and so we would we would keep waiting for him to just like ask us to leave and we ended up staying there like there was he had other meetings and they were like queuing up waiting for him and people kept coming in and saying like your next meeting's here and stuff like that um, but we yeah we just stayed and chatted it's really really good to chat to him wow I hope you like that I thought that was really interesting Sean was a great guest on my show and uh, again it's just like what are the odds you know Elon calls you or he you know his office reaches out and says Elon would like to meet with you so Elon just keeping keeping a, his finger on the pulse of everything even video games all right on to proper Tesla news for this week first up solar city slash Tesla we'll see if it becomes official soon enough in the in the fourth quarter as I talked about last week we're expected to learn the ultimate fate there but solar city, has uh, got a new product coming up that's very Elon Musk, very Tesla, and it. The, when I when I read this, it seemed it's one of those things where it seems super obvious, but apparently no one had ever thought of it before. I certainly hadn't. So here's the scoop. Right after uh, Lyndon Rive, Solar City CEO, referred to the unveiling of two new products coming up for Tesla. This is via Electric. Elon Musk jumped in on the on the conference call and said that one of the products, quote, it's a solar roof as opposed to modules on a roof. Quote, I think this is really a fundamental part of achieving differentiated product strategy where you have a beautiful roof. It's not a thing on the roof. It is the roof. So I saw this and I went, that's brilliant. That's, that's genius because... If you can miniaturize the panels and manufacture them cheaply enough, both of which are things that Elon has been talking about over the last couple of years, this makes perfect sense. And this actually affects me personally. Uh, This is exactly what I need. My home in San Francisco is old, and as such, it's just, it's shaped, it's a, you know, not a tiny house, but it's not a big house either, but it's just shaped such that I don't have a lot of room on the roof for solar panels. In fact, I called Solar City, uh, and after Solar City, I called I think Sunjevity or one of the other ones. I called a couple of them, but first, the first call I made was to Solar City to inquire about solar energy for the roof because PG&E out here in California, not cheap. Uh, this <laughs> it is not not cheap to uh, our, our energy bill, man. It is uh, it is not. Some it's not pretty, uh, at least in my humble opinion. So, I investigated it, and uh, Solar City, just by virtue of taking a look at our house via Google Maps satellite view, had come to the conclusion that our home, our roof space, didn't have we didn't have enough roof space to get a sufficient number of solar panels onto the roof to sufficiently power the house. And uh, the other one, like I said, I think it was Sunjevity, told us the same thing. So a solar roof is 
would be right up my alley. And uh, depending on the cost, I mean, if it's a reasonable cost, because obviously, you know, doing a roof is not cheap. So if doing a Solar City Tesla solar roof is not too much more than doing a regular shingle roof, then that's going to be mighty appealing. And it does actually, the render that's on Electrek does look really cool. We'll have to see what the final product looks like, but I thought this was really, really interesting and just something for all of, uh, all of us that are homeowners to keep an eye on, that this maybe this is the future if you don't already have existing solar panels on your roof. All righty, next up this week, the 100 kilowatt hour battery has reared its head again. This time, it's uh, I, not that it wasn't legitimate last time from, uh, you know, it was sort of found by that hacker who was, who was uh, put, putzing around the, uh, <laughs> the code base as he was doing, doing that uh, mod work on a car, on that, that salvaged car. The, uh, the Dutch Vehicle Registration Authority, called the RDW, has apparently confirmed that Tesla has received official type approval for a P100D version of Model S and Model X. Now, I uh, want to, of course, give credit to, to everybody who reported this. I, I saw it on InsideEVs.com, but it was first reported by a blog called Ken Tekken, or Kenteken, K-E-N-T-E-K-E-N dot TV, so credit due there. And uh, this, is, this is interesting. You know, we all know this is coming, whether or not, even pre, pre-hack from a couple of months ago, it's inevitable. Of course, it's going to happen. But now it seems like it's, it's going to be sooner rather than later. Although, even with this uh, Dutch Vehicle Registration Authority thing, we still don't know exactly when this is going to happen. Here's the, but here's the good part. So this is legitimizing it. This is, this is kind of giving it a face. But what's more interesting is that the range of the battery packs for each car was published. Now, it's, it was listed in, a, in kilometers and in a European spec, which is different from a European testing spec, which is different from the EPA rating that, that the uh, Teslas have on them now. And of course, all American vehicles, whether it's kilowatt hour you know, usage, uh, mile per gallon equivalent or just miles per gallon, it's all EPA. So the EPA translation here is 270 miles for the 100D Model X, and get this, 324 miles in the 100D Model S, which of course easily breaks through the 300-mile psychological barrier, well, and literal barrier, but particularly the psychological barrier. That's what I wanted to key on here because I think that psych- breaking that psychological barrier is a big big deal that I truly believe could spur some serious new sales for Tesla. Not that they're having any trouble in the sales department, but the the 300 number is such a uh, a range anxiety killer. And I think it could trigger not only a lot of fence sitters to buy the car, people that have kind of been hanging back on, yeah, okay, I see all these accolades and awards and it seems great, but uh, you know, uh, that range is not quite enough for me, you know, 200 and 
whatever. It's it's crawl, creeped up to I think what 288 for the 90D, but uh, I could see fence sitters this finally pushing them over the edge to saying, okay, I'm going to order one of these things. This you know it, it can go 300 over well over 300 miles of range, but I also think that this could spur another wave of trade-ins and upgrades from early adopter owners who haven't already upgraded to, you know, a lot of a lot of people, at least uh, according to what I could see on the Tesla Motors Club forums, which yes, it's an enthusiast forum, but it's a good, you know, sort of sample size of of the larger Tesla ownership community. You know, a lot of those folks upgraded for either the the P85D and or autopilot uh, and or just a you know dual motor to get that that all-wheel drive you know either one or more of those those things now i think this could this could tip a lot of early early adopter owners over the edge who hadn't already been tipped over the edge by those other three things cuz now you're looking at if you've got an early vin model s which my cousin Pat does, and he's, again, still seriously contemplating the X. I'm going to have to actually give him a call uh, real soon. I mean, I'm heading on vacation, but I'm going to have to reach out to him about this, and and uh, we'll see if he wants to hold off or, or what, because uh, especially with the X, going, you know, getting that extra juice out of the X could be, could be key uh, to, you know, again, more psychological comfort. But early adopter owners now have the incentive of autopilot, you know, the option of ludicrous mode, which wasn't there, of course, when they bought their cars, just all-wheel drive, and now going over 300 miles, if, of course, you opt for the 100D Model S. So, uh, I think this could be big. It's a matter of time, obviously, when Tesla decides to announce it, but I think this could trigger uh, a, a good jolt, pardon the phrasing, it's bad Hashtag bad electricity puns. <laughs> a jolt of new sales. You can see the the newspaper, uh, you know, the the columnists salivating now. The the copy, <laughs> the copy editors who have to write those headlines. But yeah, I, I really think this could uh, this could do a lot for Tesla sales. Before we get to our next story, I wanted to queue up a Ride the Lightning Hotline phone call that's uh, that will lead us right into our next story. It comes to us from. Regular caller Vi out in Las Vegas. Vi from Vegas. That's his awesome radio name. He speculates on how Model 3's fully autonomous mode will be revealed. And uh, let's hear what he has to say and then talk about it. Vi, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. It's Vi from Vegas again. Uh, Just finished listening to this week's podcast and uh, wanted to put my guests um, out there for how they would reveal the fully autonomous in the Model 3. Um, we all know that something kind of just brings the car out, kind of thing like that. I think they're going to have the Model 3 stashed around the corner, down the street kind of thing, you know, a couple turns away and show the, the new summon feature of how it can actually make its way to you in that way and then drive onto stage and kind of make its presence known. And there you go. Um, besides that, congrats on the one year and we'll talk soon. Well, Vi, I think you're probably right. And with Elon Musk, you can always count on it being something cool. 
I mean, the guy knows how to put on a show among many other talents. And uh, maybe the event will be out. You know, it got me, your call got me thinking. Maybe the event will be out back at Fremont surrounding the test track. Maybe they'll set up some grandstands. Uh, you know, who knows? And maybe we'll see the car drive itself around the test track because there are lots of banks and curves and turns on the test track. It could be a good showcase of this car doing its thing by itself. On that note, a big credit here to Electrek for picking up a huge Autopilot 2.0 scoop. And this comes from Electrek, quote, sources with knowledge of the Autopilot program told us that the new suite of hardware will keep the current front-facing radar and add more around the car, likely one in each corner. Additionally, the system will feature a new front-facing triple camera system for which we are told Tesla started installing new housing in cars this week. So if that bears out, we will uh, probably start to see those cars in uh, a month or less, I would suspect. That, that is uh, going to be something that people taking delivery pretty soon are going to want to keep an eye on. Electrek wasn't done. This is more from them, quote, We are told by multiple sources that Tesla already wrote the software required to run the currently available features of the autopilot on the new hardware suite. The company's team would then build on the features and data accumulated through the Autopilot 1.0 program to release more advanced autonomous and safety features, end quote. So number one, nice job, Electrek, bravo. Uh, and it looks like the hardware might be getting into the cars soon. Um, whether, I mean, they, their story cited the housing, the housing, that doesn't necessarily mean the hardware itself, because if you followed along closely, you may have noticed on the forums or elsewhere, I don't know if I've mentioned it on this show, but uh, we've seen model new Model Xs that have housing for a uh, dual front-facing camera setup rather than the single camera. If you, look at, if you look at the top of the windshield of a Model S from the outside of the car, you'll see that one thing. And if you look at it uh, at the outside of an X, I, on the new one, you can kind of see the two, the two, the dual housing there. So we'll have to, we'll, the housing does not necessarily mean the hardware itself. If I were a betting man, and uh, I like to pretend that I am, even though I'm really not, because I'm trying to save all my money for my Model 3. <laughs> Ludicrous mode, please. Uh, I would think maybe sometime in early 2017. Now, I know, of course, Tesla is not beholden to model years or to calendar years. They just will put things in the car anytime. E every week, they're adding and changing and upgrading and evolving the cars. But I wonder, early 2017 could make sense in the sense that when the Model 3 reveal Part 2 does happen, which I think will be next year, there are others who believe it will be this year, we'll see who's, who ends up being right, but if the Model 3 Part 2 reveal is sometime in 2017, that means at that event Elon could come out and say, you know, he could show the Model 3, talk all about it, talk about the fact that it's Hopefully, you know, we suspect it, it, it is going to be capable of level four autonomous driving. 
he could then also say, and all of you with Model S's and X's built this year already have it. So you'll be set as soon as the software is ready and we flip the switch. So, uh, and of course, just to make it abundantly clear, because I know a lot of this audience, a lot of you out there are uh, like me, Model 3 reservation holders, and the 3 is your what you are waiting on. Of course, all of this hardware is certain to go into every Model 3. Because uh, remember, we're pencils down on Model 3 now, according to, to Elon and Tesla. So I would suspect that uh, this hardware, this, this whole same set of suite of hardware, is going to go into every single Model 3, whether or not... Of course, you know I don't expect the software to be ready quite yet. And if even if the software is, Elon has warned us that the regulatory approval probably won't be. But that is something to keep an eye on and to get fired up about if you're a Model 3 owner. I mean, I know we've all been expecting this, and this still isn't confirmation of it. I'm still sitting here speculating. But this, I think this is just, this is reason to get excited. This is awesome. This is just Tesla continuing to move forward. And in fact, on that note, you remember Elon said a while back that he was personally interviewing autopilot candidates to hire at Tesla. So this is a high-priority project at the company. You know, it, it, This is just yet more evidence that Tesla is pushing forward and pushing forward hard when the rest of the industry is barely starting to catch up to what Tesla's had for uh, over a year now. In fact, I'm talking specifically about uh, just, just like in the last... Well, the last week specifically, and for Volvo and then Mercedes a little a little less recently, but still recently, Mercedes and Volvo are ne- are just now advertising autopilot 1.0 equivalents. In fact, Volvo, somebody a uh, kind listener, uh, sadly don't have his name in front of me, but had tweeted me the Volvo thing, and they made the mistake that they are no doubt going to regret very soon if they've learned anything from Tesla. Uh, not that Tesla has done this, but Volvo made the mistake of of referring to it as self-driving, so uh, which of course it is not. <laughs> we've we've learned that the public does not want it called that just yet until it can actually do that. So anyway, uh, big story this week. Great scoop by Electrek. Uh, you save Electrek. You saved the show this week because it was going to be it was going to be a real slow news week heading into my vacation, but. Uh, a lot of stuff to get excited about there. Whether you are a about whether you are a soon to be Model S or X owner, or whether you like me are a Model Three reservation holder. Finally, this week, one this is just a just a fun, just a little dessert story for you here. After after we had our main course up front, a gentleman, and unfortunately, an unidentified gentleman. His YouTube channel. I'll give him the plug. His YouTube channel is the Tesla Racing Channel. Posted a video, which I caught this week, of his P90D Ludicrous Model S running a 10.8 second quarter mile. In fact, he ran several of them. That was the quickest one. So, uh, in fact, here he is uh, in his car. He had had, uh, some GoPros going on in the car. Here he is rolling up after his run to get his slip from the 
scorekeeper, for lack of a better word. I'm sorry. I've never been to a track before in a car because I've owned a DeLorean and a and an Infinity. Neither one that are neither one that are, are good for track material. So I'm sure there's a name for that person, but I'm going to just go with scorekeeper for right now and feel free to correct me. So uh, here here is the driver coming up to get his slip. What's going on, man? Thank you, bro. Uh-huh. Ooh, a 10-8-0. Holy crap. So that's pretty cool. It's And it seems like the extra power that the newer P90DLs have seemingly been kicking out, according to measurements taken by intrepid Tesla Motors Club forum members, that extra horsepower, that extra juice, seems to be paying off right here. Now, it's worth noting, or at least the one thing I observed from just watching the, this guy's YouTube video, this car didn't have a panoramic roof. And he didn't look like a particularly big guy. He looked kind of like my size. I'm like a, I'm like Skeletor. Uh, so I wonder if the, just, you know, having, not having all that glass weight in the roof and then, you know, not being a particularly uh, big driver might have might have helped him shave just a little bit off. You never know, but uh, yeah, it's that extra power is probably the the primary reason for this. So thus, going back to what we were just talking about a few minutes earlier with the 100 kilowatt hour car, I wonder if the P100D Ludicrous, which of course is going to have a bigger battery to draw more power from, might be able to top it. Might be able to shave even a little bit more off of that. We shall see. That is it for the Tesla news this week. Like I said I, I, I was terrified it was going to be the slowest week in months. But we got bailed out with a few interesting stories that broke late in the week. I'm going to come right back after this. Got some, uh, definitely we are not slowing down in the Ride the Lightning hotline department. Got several excellent phone calls queued up for you right after this. It is that time again to talk to you, the fantastic audience that I am extremely grateful and and, uh, fortunate to have. It is time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where, of course, if you've got a question, comment, discussion topic, etc. for the podcast, you can call in anytime you just leave a voicemail. That's all you do, so it's anytime, day or night, 24-7. It's a toll-free phone number or Skype, whatever is easier for you, and that number is one 888-989-8752. And of course, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. If you want to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. Yeah, I got it right. Lifeonrecord.com. I was literally staring at it and I'm like, wait, did I say it wrong? No. Lifeonrecord.com. All right, and a quick reminder, by the way, the Patreon-exclusive bonus episode, the second one, they're going up one a month, which is, of course, all uh, phone calls and responses from me. It is an all, basically an all-hotline episode. Uh, that, is where, that is where the excellent calls that I can't get to here on the show go to, and that is for all of you who pledge at the $10 level or above. So that is up now on Patreon. If you are a $10 or higher pledger, just log into Patreon and you will see it on the uh, 
patreon.com slash tesla podcast let's start off with taylor from massachusetts with some comments on the tesla truck the pickup truck so uh he's got some theories about it taylor take it away hi ryan it's taylor from massachusetts there's been a lot of articles on and concept images of the upcoming tesla trucks floating around on the internet and i feel like they're all missing something key from master plan part two Musk said that they'd make a sedan and an SUV. No qualifier on either of those. For the truck, he didn't say they'd just make a truck. He said they would make a new kind of truck. Emphasis on new kind. When he says it's going to be a new kind, I don't think he means it's going to be electric and have a trunk. Their sedan and SUV had those, and he didn't say that they were going to be a new kinds of their vehicles. I think Musk, who likes to think of everything from a physics first principles angle, is going to start from scratch with this and throw out all the ideas of what a truck should be. If you think about a truck, what are they for? They're for moving stuff. They're not for moving people. The only reason you have a cab historically is that you need a human driver. They're work vehicles, all about moving big items from A to B. In a world of autonomous vehicles, the human driver isn't necessary, so I don't think it's going to have a cab. I think it'll look more like a large wagon. You summon it with an app on your phone, you load it up, you direct it where you want to go via the app on the phone, and it takes your stuff to where you want it. You don't have to own it. Whenever you go to Home Depot and you discover that the drywall you're buying just doesn't fit in your Model 3's tiny trunk, you summon it from Tesla's autonomous rental fleet. There's probably a bunch hanging around Home Depot anyway. Let me know what you think about it, Ryan. Thanks for the show. Keep up the good work. Hi. Taylor, I love your analysis here, but I think we might not quite be ready for a self-driving truck that absolutely can't be driven. Because what you're talking about is level five of autonomous driving. I personally think we've got we've to get to level four first, which is, it looks like where we're going to head with uh, Model 3 and with hardware that'll be in the S and X, which we talked about earlier on this episode. And remember, too, again, I love your forward-thinking approach here, but change does take time, even for guys like Elon Musk, even for people like Elon Musk. I think there are going to be plenty of Tesla truck buyers who are going to want it for their business, but will want to drive it for a million different reasons. Uh, And I'm not sure they're going to want a truck that they literally can't drive themselves. You never know, maybe, but... uh, what, and what occurred to me was, I think what you propose is much more likely for the second version of the truck down the road. So we'll see, but uh, excellent thinking here. I love it. Let's go now to Aaron from Texas, who is curious about the lifespan of Model 3. This is a good topic to get into. So Aaron, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Aaron from Texas. I wanted to know your thoughts on what lifespan we can expect out of our Model 3s. Uh, Combustion engines drop in value dramatically after 100,000 miles, and I don't know very many people who put more than 200,000 miles on a car before they'd say that they actually need to get something new. But with an electric car and less moving parts, how many miles do you think the average owner could put on a Model 3 before they'd actually need to get something new, not just want to get something new? Uh, Love the podcast. Keep up the great work, and yeah, can't wait for more. Bye. Well, Elon has talked about the Tesla electric motors being million-mile units. So I think, honestly, I think the want for a new Tesla is going to come 
before the need does with these cars. I mean, look look how many early Model S owners have upgraded. In fact, we talked about this just earlier in the show. Look how many early Model S owners have upgraded because of autopilot or dual motor or insane or ludicrous. So uh, I know that's kind of an extreme example because the threes are probably not going to evolve quite as fast as the S's did because the S was really the the baseline. That that was where Tesla started from. And the Model 3 will have the benefit of starting from a place where Tesla has already learned and and applied their lessons and knowledge from the previous four years or five years into Model 3. But uh, I do think that... uh, Ludicrous. Wait, where did I, I lost my spot here. Oh, uh, if the motors hold up like they should, I uh, lost my place in my notes there. I apologize. If the motors hold up the way they should, the way Elon suggests that they they can, I think you'd probably have to end up replacing the battery pack in your car before you'd end up having to replace a motor. And at that point, depending on the cost of the pack, I mean, we've seen. Uh, pretty expensive pack for roadster owners who who have bought the sort of pack insurance and then or there's the, the 400 mile roadster pack now and then the uh, they were sort of offering it I think on the early s's and I don't even think it's offered anymore but um, you know the the at the at that point if you need a pack at that point you might just be looking at a whole new car depending on your situation I mean maybe you know you just decide okay well I'm gonna put I'm going to pay the 10 or 15 grand, whatever it is, for a new pack because the rest of my car is totally good. Or maybe you might go at that point, well, you know, maybe at that point we just get a, a new Tesla with new amenities and, you know, new everything. Who knows? But, oh, oh, do you want to chime in, Maggie the Snoring Boxer over there? <laughs> she looks so comfortable. Uh, good stuff, Aaron. Thank you for that call. Let's go now to David from Florida who brings up, uh, uh, you know, a very another relevant topic for Tesla, and that's jailbreaking and the ramifications that it could have for Tesla. So, David, take it away. Hey, Ryan, this is David from Florida. I wanted to talk about Tesla jailbreaking because thus far I've only heard brief mentions of it being possible and not much else. With their mass market Model 3 on the horizon, the implications could be huge. Tesla is using the locked box business model when it comes to certain features. The most concerning right now is the restriction of battery capacity. The locked box business model basically says, I'll sell you this locked box, but if you want the key to open it, it'll cost extra. It's been determined, legally speaking, that if somebody sells you a locked box, not only do you own the box, but you also have full rights and ownership over the contents of said box. Therefore, if you can find another way to open the box, whatever's in it is yours free and clear. You can probably see where I'm going with this. If you have, if your 60 kilowatt Tesla has a 75 kilowatt battery in it, and you have an alternate way of accessing the extra capacity, then you're well within your rights to have at it. Now you might be thinking, uh, what about voiding the warranty? Uh, this is where it gets especially tricky for Tesla. Apple might be able to get away with voiding your warranty on your jailbroken iPhone, but it's not as straightforward for an automaker. Again, legally speaking, 
you are allowed to modify your vehicle in any way you see fit, and an uh, an automaker cannot automatically void your entire warranty for doing so. They have to show evidence a modification directly caused a specific failure. For example, my Nissan Versa owner's manual states that my car cannot be used for towing. If my transmission were to fail, the dealer cannot point to a custom tow hitch and automatically void the warranty. They have to be able to show evidence that failure was caused by towing. To add to this, let's say they determined towing was the cause. The rest of the car's warranty will still be in effect, so later on, if a fuel pump goes bad, let's say, it's still covered. This means that jailbreaking your Tesla does not automatically void your entire warranty. Tesla has to show evidence the software modification was the specific cause of the fault. It'll be interesting to see how Tesla addresses these potential exploits. And I mean, that's really it. I uh, love the podcast. Keep it up. Thanks. Bye. It's an excellent thing to bring up, David. Now, I don't know the, how the legal stuff would actually go. I mean, not, not that I don't believe you, but as you yourself said, it's, it's complicated. But I think this largely ties back into the overall topic of hacking the car. I don't know how long you've been listening, but a while back, months ago, I think at this point, I did a story about Tesla actually inviting hackers to try and crack the car. Nobody could do it until someone had access to the car first, if I remember right, something like two days, and they had to actually be inside the car. So, and then even then, Tesla simply patched out the vulnerability that the hackers were able to discover in the car's next firmware update. So I think that's a big factor with what you're talking about. I mean, let's say someone did jailbreak the extra battery space somehow. Wouldn't the next firmware update just undo it? I don't know. I mean, and then, you know, you're bringing up, would, would that person be legally entitled to that? I'm not sure, but um, it's it'll be interesting to see. I, I think I'm confident you're probably right. It's probably going to happen at some point. The question will be how it's handled from that point. So... Uh, time will tell. We shall see. Let's move on now to Richard from the UK, who uh, comments on the UK tax system and the changes that are un- that are being uh, that are happening there that affect potential Tesla buyers. So, Richard, I'm going to let you explain away here, sir. Hi there, Ryan. It's uh, Richard from Bournemouth in the UK here. Uh, huge fan of the show since I discovered it on Tesla Arty around the episode 30-something. Uh, and I'm currently listening back to every episode again on Stitcher. Um, anyway, so much to talk about, but I wanted to raise an important point for new UK Tesla owners thinking of buying within the next year as the vehicle tax system is changing. Uh, currently, it's based on how much CO2 a car officially produces, which raises some question marks anyway, like for my sister's VW, which is exempt from the yearly vehicle tax due to it supposedly being low polluting. Uh, But in April 2017, the whole tax structure is changing and a new premium category is being added, which means that any car with above a £40,000 on the road price is going to be hit with a £310 a year tax for the first five years, which is about $400, Um, irrespective of whether it produces CO2 or not. Um, Now, some people have called this the Tesla tax, but hardly anyone seems to have any idea this is happening. Um, You might have heard of the recent political crisis in the UK and insane, or maybe I should say ludicrous, vote to leave the European Union, which then forced a complete change of prime minister and the cabinet who brought in this new vehicle tax structure. So 
now that we have a new chancellor, we might have an opportunity to get our local MPs to put some pressure on the government, get this uh, crazy idea changed and remove any vehicle tax for zero emissions vehicles. Um, I mean, we may not have no chance, seeing as one of the first things the new prime minister did was to disband the Department for Energy and Climate Change and hydraulic factoring for shale gas has been pushed forward despite massive public opposition and subsidies for renewables is being comprehensively dismantled. Uh, but if everything, everyone listening to this show in the UK contacted their MP uh, and got their friends and family to do it as well, then we might be able to make a difference. Um, it's incredibly easy to do. All you have to do is go to a website called writetothem.com, um, put in your postcode, click on the name of your MP and start writing. Uh, that formatting's all done for you. You just write, click send. Uh, that's, yeah, writetothem.com. I've had responses from my MP on other issues, so it definitely works. Uh, anyway, that's about it. Uh, lastly, I just wanted to say uh, we're having a Tesla Powerwall installed next week, which is really exciting. So, yeah, lots of exciting Tesla things happening. Love the show. Keep up the great work and all the best. Bye. I'll tell you, Richard, I'm extremely flattered to have listeners, period. Uh, on You know, the Internet's a big place. And for, for so many of you to have found this show, I, I truly am humbled and grateful because, you know, I don't have the IGN platform to help, you know, boost me with this. You know, I, I started from from zero, and it's I'm just so grateful for everybody that does listen. And it's just so cool to me to know that there are people listening from all over the world. So thank you for giving the show a chance, Richard, and I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast. But I'm even more glad that you're taking a proactive approach to this very difficult Tesla-related Tesla situation that the UK suddenly finds itself in. I don't really have anything to add to what you said. I mean, you said it all. But uh, I'm just happy to be your megaphone here and help amplify this very, very important message out there to other UK listeners. In fact, I looked up... You can go deep into your own stats when you have a podcast, depending on your provider. The UK is actually the... Uh, gets. I get the second highest number of listeners... From the UK, I would have guessed Canada, but uh, UK, you guys rock. There are a good number of UK folks out there. So uh, heed Richard's call to action, fellow UK, well, I'm not fellow, fellow <laughs> Richard's fellow UK Tesla fans and owners, and uh, best of luck to all of you guys. And please, Richard, keep me updated on your progress in fighting this. One more call for you queued up this week. It comes to us from Gene in Northridge, California. He is looking for some advice about his new Model S. So let's see if we can help Gene out. Gene, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. It's Gene from Northridge, California. Um, so I had a question and, uh, and a comment, actually, for this week. But So I just put in an order for a Model S60, black on black, panoramic roof, and a premium package. Um, the wife vetoed the autopilot because of all, all of the media and the stories going on, but you know I'm slowly talking her into it, and I think since it can be activated after delivery, I'm confident it'll happen at some point, so I'm not too disappointed. Um, sorry. Anyways, now I'm thinking about the service agreement options, you know, the three-year, four-year, and the eight-year package, and kind of which ones to get at this point. Um, so I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that, if, you know, if there are any other special considerations that you might think of, um, you know, from you or your, or the other listeners as well. But, um, oh, and also want to let you know that I just became a, uh, 
$5 a month Patreon member as well. So um, you rock. Keep the episodes coming. And uh, thanks again. All right. First of all, Gene, thank you so much for pledging to the Patreon. I genuinely appreciate it. It, uh, it, it every little bit goes goes towards uh, making my Tesla dream come true. So thank you. Now, as to your situation, first, I hope you used Kevin's referral code from this show when you bought your car to get that thousand dollars off. And if not Kevin's, uh, I'm going to get to that plug in a minute uh, after the after the uh, this call. But if uh, if you didn't use Kevin's, I hope you used somebody's. Now, if you haven't used somebody's and you've only just placed your order, if you haven't taken delivery yet, you can probably still use one. Uh, now, you already got a code, so maybe you already took care of it. But in any case, just wanted to throw it out there. Second, you are a perfect use case for Tesla's 30-day autopilot trial. Now, uh, they are no, they're not running it currently. I, I couldn't find a definitive end date, but I went back and it was it was a limited time thing. So hopefully Tesla is going to run that again at some point where they offer everybody a 30-day free autopilot trial. Because then if they do, you can activate it and you'll be able to show your wife how safe and awesome it can be when it's used properly. She'll see it for herself. Third, I would love to help you with regards to advice about your service plan, but I'll be honest, it's, I don't think I have enough info to really uh, give you a good educated bit of, of advice. I don't know how many miles you drive. I don't know how you charge your car and care for your battery, how long you plan to keep your car, etc. Because those are all things to factor in when you're trying to decide which service plan might make sense for you. So. By the best advice I can offer, and I, I'm sorry I'm you know not uh, directly helpful here, but if you head over to the Tesla Motors Club forums, either make a new thread in the Model S section or browse around, and odds are there may very well already be a thread on this same topic. But regardless, enjoy your Model S. Happy electric motoring. That is awesome that you are uh, joining, joining a hashtag Team Tesla. All right, that'll do it for the Ride the Lightning Hotline this week. Again, you can call in, leave a message toll-free anytime, day or night, phone or Skype. The number is 1-888-989-8752. I'll be right back for you with some info on saving money on a Tesla, the Patreon, Twitter, all the usual plug stuff here for you right after this. All right. Uh, I remind you that I would be mighty grateful if you would at least take a look at my Patreon page. If you have not already, go to patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Again, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of hours, a lot of energy and, and uh, enthusiasm, passion, time and work goes in a lot of research goes into this podcast. So uh, if you enjoy it, if it is useful to you, each and every week, I would uh, be very flattered if you would consider a pledge uh, on the Patreon. Meanwhile, if you are joining the Tesla ownership community, if you're ordering a new car, be it an S or an X, you can save yourself a thousand bucks 
Kevin Raff, my uh, kind donor of the referral code, will get some prizes and I will get a chance to make my Tesla dream come true sooner rather than later with that entry into the ludicrous Model X raffle. So uh, again, if you're buying a Tesla, S or X, type this into your browser, ts.la slash Kevin4901. Reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And uh, if it won't fit in 140 characters or you prefer email, the email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're a video gamer, my day job, you can find me on IGN.com. I played you a clip from IGN Unfiltered at the top of the show. That's my monthly interview show. Uh, Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter. You know it, you love it. If you're not already getting it, it's very easy to do and I highly recommend it. TeslaWeekly.com is the site to visit and sign up for free. TeslaRati.com, meanwhile, does a great job of keeping up on all things Tesla. I love that site. Gene and the crew there do a uh, wonderful job, Electric Gen. And uh, let's see. Oh, of course, Abstract Ocean. I've gotten a lot of great feedback about Abstract Ocean. Happy to mention them here. For all of you who are Tesla owners, maybe you've, you already have a Tesla or you're about to take delivery, Check out abstractocean.com. They've got a great selection of very, very useful Tesla accessories, such as their LED lighting kit, their silicone key fob pockets, etc. They've got more stuff on the way as well. So uh, take a look at abstractocean.com. Most of you subscribe to the show already, but if you don't, you can do so very easily. That'll, that's the easiest way to make sure the show just comes right to you automatically. You can do that on iTunes. Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or uh, via the RSS feed directly on the show website, the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And I real quick want to thank, of course, my Patreon producers. These are the very kind folks who are pledging at the $20 or higher level, and those kind souls are Jeff Bartram, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, Luke Bat, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, and Jonathan Wales. That wraps it up for, let's see, gosh, episode 54 already of Ride the Lightning. I will be on vacation all week, but the show will, I'm, I'm back in time to get you a show at the regularly scheduled time next week. So uh, as far as you guys are concerned, nothing will have happened. Nothing will have been different, but uh, I'm looking forward to getting out of town for a little bit and uh, having a good time here, enjoying what remains of... We we haven't gotten a summer yet here in San Francisco, so I'm going to where there is summer. Very much looking forward to that, but again, uh, I I truly cannot thank everybody who listens enough. It's it's just this, this community just warms my heart because, you know, a lot of times... Uh, IGN affords me a, a, you know, what I consider to be a very large following on social media and uh, on IGN. And in the video game world, people aren't always super nice. A lot of them are. Many of them are you, and you guys are great, and a lot of people are great. But, uh, you know, the old saying, a few bad apples spoil the bunch, it is true, and uh, but boy, the Tesla community, and you know, even more specifically, the Ride the Lightning community—the people that tweet me, that email me, that call in, that that pledge on the Patreon—it's 
you guys are the the just the nicest, most supportive group of people, and it really just makes me feel even better about doing this podcast that that you know was born of a it's a passion project of mine. And again, I, I'm rambling now, but uh, I really do just want to thank all of you for your support. So happy electric motoring to all of you, uh, and I will see you back here at the regularly scheduled time next week. Nobody could do it until someone had access to the car for like two days. Oh, jeez. Well, that's a blown take.